Renew Church, hello in your homes as we gather for house churches here the first Sunday in February. Well, before we get into our text today, I just want to have one quick announcement. Uh, Men's Retreats 2023 registration is now online. Happy to announce that. Uh, March 10th to 12th at Trout Creek Bible Camp, we are doing this in partnership with a whole bunch of Harbor Network churches one in Hillsboro, one in Dallas, a church plant in Salem that I'm a coach for, and also another church connected over on the west side of Portland, Taggart, Beaverton area. All of us are going to be out at Trout Creek over our side of the river. Trout Creek Bible Camp is near Corbett. It's maybe 45 to 55 minute drive out there in the deep woods. It's amazing. It's really fun. Uh, some aspects of it are rustic. It's a great lodge to have uh, fellowship and meals in, a great gathering chapel as well, and then uh, bunks, uh, these these lodge or these cabins uh, with bunks that are actually rebuilt in 2020. So they look old, they're actually brand new. And uh, we are going to do that. So the partnership with a whole bunch of churches allows us the resources to maybe bring in some other people. So uh, a pastor in Ohio, Ronnie Martin, will come out and preach to us, teach to us, uh, four sessions on imagination and conviction, conviction and imagination in the kingdom of God. And then our friend uh, Casey Smith with Harbor Network staff there and a worship pastor a long time is going to come lead us in song. So it's fun to have friends come in from a different region to come be with us here in the Pacific Northwest. We're calling this the first annual Pacific Northwest. Right now it's just the churches here in Oregon that are doing it but a whole bunch of us. So when you sign up, which there's early bird pricing for the next two weeks, when you sign up, you can write the new church in there, mention your sweatshirt size that's all included in the 160 bucks early bird or 175 full price if you wait, uh, a sweatshirt, and then you can actually buy a hat if you want. It looks a little bit different than this one, but it'll be a Harvard Network hat related to this event, um, this retreat. Very much looking forward to this, uh, connecting. So why, why do it? Right? Why come? Well, it's going to be fun, that's for sure. But there's this level of fellowship and friendship, really, that happens when we spend some time together. Spend some time together doing things, recreating, uh, hiking. Uh, there's, there's a basketball court covered and closed. Uh, there's other games. Uh, certainly, I think there's a cornhole tournament uh, if, you're, if you're up for that. But also, just the time of sitting and talking, maybe times of solitude as well. And for you, if there is a prohibitive factor like cost or time limits, let me know. Uh, we, can, we can offset that cost for you, for sure. But also maybe, hey, I work fr late Friday night, I can't be there until Saturday, let me know as well, and we will save a spot for you as well. So very much looking forward to this. Harbor Network, uh, Men's Retreats 2023, some are calling it Man Camp. I even think there's axe-throwing available if we want to do that. But very much looking forward to this time together as men, renewing, uh, rejoicing in Christ, praying for one another, listening to one another, connecting over a meal. It is going to be great. All right, now turn to the book of Philemon. Philemon is the New Testament. It's organized as the last and shortest letter of the Apostle Paul. So if you get to the general epistles like Hebrews, just go back a page. There you are, Philemon. And we'll figure out who is this Philemon. But specifically, the reason why we're pausing on Genesis just for this specific Sunday and continue Genesis 13 next week uh, is that this postcard epistle helps us think through 
relational redemption, right? How do relationships, how do we reconcile and forgive? How do we move past even just forbearance uh, to forgiveness, reconciliation, and even more than that? Uh, specifically, people who have wronged us and want to make it right and are being renewed in the gospel. So as you turn to the book of Philemon, I'm just going to read the first three verses uh, as I begin here. But I think in our house, you should pause this <laughs> and read all 25 verses. You should do that um, even right now. Verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how it begins. Now, who, who all is being uh, mentioned here? Well, Paul mentions himself as the author alongside of Timothy, his brother who's there with him, presumably in Roman prison or house arrest. And he's a prisoner for Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus who he says, I'm, I'm in this in God's will. But he writes this letter to Philemon. Uh, his beloved fellow worker, but also Athea, our sister in the faith, and Archibus, our fellow soldier in the church in their house. So this is to be read and was read in a house church, much like we are here the first Sunday of this month, meeting in house churches. And it's you'll, you'll see as we open it up that it, it makes more sense as we do it like why it's being read. It's always good to read scripture. But specifically this one, why is it being read aloud in the house church? And from verses 4 to 7, he is going to thank God and describe his prayers, how he has thanked God for them. He's derived much joy from them, the reports going back and forth. This one probably was sent with Colossians uh, nearby. Uh, Archibus is mentioned there. Onesimus, who's the next person we're going to mention here, is mentioned in there where it says in chapter 4, and he is one of you. In which way is he one of them? Well, he's probably also from Colossae. He has, has left there, but he was a slave. He was a slave, probably of Philemon, and Onesimus left under, we don't know the circumstances, and he became, well, unprofitable, right? Useless in, in, in leaving, and he must have taken something or owed something Probably the purpose of his slavery is he's paying off a debt. He owed something to Philemon. And Paul is going to not call the apostle card as much as appeal to the gospel conviction of Philemon. Let us look through all of our life situations and our relationships through the lens of the gospel on how he changes everything. And so Paul is going to appeal to them to forgive this new brother. Onesimus had left Colossae and ended up with Paul, somehow believed the gospel, been changed, and he wants to go back and repair that relationship. But something more than just going back to normal is on the menu here. And so let's look at this text as we open it up, right? From verses 1 to 7, uh, he's, he's using the y'all, right? The the plural you. And verses 8 to, I think, 21, maybe 22, he, he, he goes singular first person um, right there. And I think he's talking to Philemon during that time. 
In verse 7, he says, I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because of the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. And then he goes into verse 8. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, right? I, I could do that, and he often does that. right? He often just says, hey, this is what you need to do. Yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. So he's appealing on the basis of love. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you, my child, Anisimus, whose father... Uh, Appeal to you for my child, Anisimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Again, that's a, helping us see that the relational dynamic here is he became a spiritual father to Anisimus, and now he's going to send Anisimus back there to Colossae. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he indeed is useful to you and to me. Anisimus' name means profitable or useful. So this is a great play on words by Paul. I'm sending him back to you, sending my, very, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be compulsion, but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that, he might, that you might have him back forever. No longer as a bondservant, but much more than a bondservant as a beloved brother. And this is what Paul is asking. Will you forgive him? Will you reconcile with him? But if forgiveness is there, which it should be, that kind of cancels the debt. If there's a reconciliation that goes, okay, I no longer am I going to use this debt you owe to me, relational debt, the way in which you wronged me, I'm not going to use that against you, okay? But let's go back to how it was. Well, how was it? Onesimus was a slave to Philemon, his master. Is Paul appealing? Hey, welcome him back as your slave. No. He is going to, from the inside, <laughs> change, see God change the heart of this master to not only forgive his former slave, but to welcome him back, not as a slave again, but as a beloved brother in Christ. And friends, this is how the gospel changes unjust structures and unjust systems. He's saying to Philemon, you need to go the second mile. You need to absorb the cost and the pain of what this person did to you, and you need to welcome them back, but not back in their lesser condition or, or status, but now as an equal in Christ. And it may diminish his standing in the community. Maybe the house church meets in his house. He's a man of means and of wealth. And it might diminish his standing in the broader community. But in the church, lifting up another does not diminish, does not dishonor the person. But it helps us see that we are one in Christ. And this is what Jesus does. Because he's not only going to re reconcile this relationship, he's also going to redeem it. And when he redeems it, there's now a brotherhood, a camaraderie, a friendship that takes place. And only God could do this, right? And I love how Paul doesn't just command, he, he, he woos him through an appeal of love. He says, so, um, uh, <clears throat> no longer as bondservant, that more, as, more, than, more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in flesh and in the Lord. 
So at the end of Colossians, what he says, and he's one of you. Well, <laughs> that's what he means. He's one of you, not just he's from that town, but he is now equal in Christ. Now, how is he to welcome them back or to receive? Right? Forgive, reconcile, see, admit that he's redeemed. Yes, this is beautiful. But how is he to receive? Verse 17. For if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. Well, how would you receive the Apostle Paul? It would be quite a joyous embrace. It would be you get the first seat of honor. We want to hear of your stories. We value as a person, not just what you can do for us, but who you are also as a person in Christ. And Paul goes on at verse 18, If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. So he's pledging to repay it. To say nothing of you owing me even your own self. Right? He recognizes that Paul had preached the gospel to this man, and he had now has eternal life. And this estranged brother now has eternal life. And they're going to need to learn how to get along in heaven forever, but also here on this side of eternity, here in this life. So yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. And he goes on to say, look, I pray for me, I'll be released, and I'll come visit you, and I'll stay in a guest room. And you can imagine in the bunkhouse, right in the bunk room, like like they're sharing, you know, Onesimus in one, and Paul in another, and they're just sharing stories, and it's just this sweet fellowship. So friends, i got to ask you, is there anyone that you need to forgive? It's hard to do that. It's hard to forgive. To absorb the cost for love's sake, for Christ's sake, to say, Jesus, you have forgiven me so much, I can forgive this other person. And maybe they won't repent and want to repair this relationship. And if they don't, then you can't really reconcile. But if they are willing to, will you do the work of working towards reconciliation? It's really hard. But you'll notice in this letter, it's, it's even more than that. Paul wants more than reconciliation. Again, not going back to slave and master, and that whole dynamic, but rather to elevate him and to be not only a free man, but a known brother in Christ. And that is where everyone wants to marvel. Like, I can't believe there is this reconciliation that's even better than before. And that's what they're asking for. Right? Prepare a guest room for me, for I'm hoping that through your prayers I will be, uh, I will be graciously given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus sends greetings to you and so do Mark or Starkus, Demas and Luke my fellow workers the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit so is there someone that you need to forgive maybe you go to the the length of reconciling <clears throat> lastly would you repair that relationship so we can see that equal in Christ and I think that's the broader thing. Maybe there's not someone who's wronged you right now that you need to forgive, but that's the broader thing of, will I treat people who are in a lesser situation than me, will I treat them as my equal? Will I, in Christ, in sake of the church, specifically starting here with this community, will I treat everyone as my equal? They may not have the same background as me. They may not have the same experience. They may not even have made the same choices in life. But I won't look at them as lesser in a lower socioeconomic situation and class. Now, this is certainly how the gospel 
informs and goes behind the scenes and explodes slavery from behind the scenes, right? And slavery in our country is quite different than this because it added the ethnic element of it, not just class, right? And that was a horrific, horrific situation. And we're grateful that those days are behind us. But the days of treating other people as lesser than yourself, those are not behind us. We see that every day. So in the church, we don't do that. We don't play that game. Not only do we not own other people or sell other people, but we do not also treat people in a lower situation. We elevate them. We get in their world. We get to know him in Christ. For he has made them and he has redeemed them. And they are our full brothers and sisters in Christ. So friends, as you go to study, as you go to break bread, as you go to welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you, let us rejoice that Christ has welcomed us and we can welcome one another to the glory of God.